0: Dear Jesus, thank you so much for being a God who comes and shows himself to us. A God that we don't have to find. We don't have to find Jesus, because Jesus finds us. And we love that so much about you. We love that no matter where we are, no matter what state our hearts are in, you're always there. Scripture talks about how you bring us together in, in a certain time and place in history and place on the planet so that we would meet each other and together we would reach out for you on uh, knowing that you are not far from any one of us that means you're right here waiting and so God thank you for giving us the ability to be found by you and to be called by you by name so as we dive in this morning and look at not only the ministry of John but uh, as Vendetta said how John points the way to Jesus and how that's a model for us as we reach out into the community and into our own lives. We pray that you will speak and that the words uh, of our mouths as we share this word and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. In your name we pray, together we say, amen and amen. I'd invite you to get the gospel of John in front of your eyes and specifically John chapter one that we've been reading from and, um, and as you put that in front of your eyes and take a look at it, I just want to call your attention to the circumstances that you would have fo- found uh, as John was uh, baptizing folks in the River Jordan. Now, John could have uh, found a, a, a secret room somewhere. He could have borrowed somebody's room and hidden away. But instead, he chose to come out to a very public place And he chose to baptize people for repentance in a very public place. And as he was doing this, the scripture says that people from all over the Judean countryside were coming and were finding a a place with him where they could come and be baptized and experience the grace of God. The reason they were doing this is because they were looking for some hope. God calls us into very public displays of his grace for one reason and one reason only. Because crowds of people will form and will follow and will come and see things that give them pleasure, give them vision, give them hope. These people in particular were coming to experience the hope of God uh, for one major reason, It's because the culture that they lived in as Jews around Jerusalem, the religious culture that they lived in did not give them very much hope. In fact, the Pharisees and the other religious leaders who were in charge of the faith in that day uh, would give very little hope to those who were listening to them. A Pharisee would do this. A Pharisee would show up dressed up in robes and, and in all the religious gear of the day for a religious leader, and would show an example to the populace that you needed to be able to follow all the rules of God in order to be acceptable to God. And that basically the idea was that the average person could not be pleasing to God. The average person could not follow all the rules necessary to make God pleased with him or her. And the idea is similar to what a lot of folks believe today and that a lot of folks believe that they are not good enough to be religious and they're not good enough to be accepted by God. And of course, we say here a lot at South Naperville that it is not by our own merits or by the things that we do that we're acceptable to God, right? What is it that makes us acceptable to God in God's sight? It is Jesus and it is Jesus alone. Now, John the Baptist knew this while he was baptizing people. And as he was baptizing them for repentance, which by the way, repentance literally just means you're going down a path in life that's moving in this direction and repentance calls you to turn and move down a completely opposite direction to go a different way. And what we're not saying is that John was saying that people had to change, merely change their behaviors from bad to good in order to be acceptable to God. What we're saying is, is that John was drawing attention to the idea that there was some hope out there in God and the hope is found where? In Jesus. So he was drawing crowds of people who had no hope and those crowds were coming, hordes of people were showing up, men, women, and children to be baptized in the Jordan River because someone was giving them some hope that there was hope. That God would receive them into his kingdom, and that that would happen through the Lamb of God who would take away what? The sin of the world. So there was no confusion in John's mind. John was quite clear that it is the Lamb of God, it is Jesus who takes away the sin of the world, and he used the opportunity to have a public place to display the grace and the glory of God in such a way that no one was restricted from coming. In fact, the Bible even says that there were scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law hanging out around all the crowds of people who had come to be baptized. They were finding a new scene, a different message, a different set of circumstances around faith than what they were portraying to the people and it was pretty public and pretty open. In fact, the River Jordan was not a secret. It was a gathering place, a place where large numbers of people could come and just experience the water there. And John the Baptist chose that uh, river, the storied River Jordan, the one that was parted where people could walk through on dry land. Uh, They knew the story of the River Jordan and they knew its power and its significance in the faith and he called them there to baptize them in the name of Jesus. And what John the Baptist found was that as Jesus showed up on the scene, as he arrived and as John pointed to Jesus and said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, what you find is that Jesus begins calling his followers out of the crowd by name. He begins inviting them And he begins entering into this dialogue in the scripture that is laden with this idea of come and see. Now, what was it that first happened? As we went through the reading this morning, you found that there were a pair of disciples that were hanging around with John. This is in verse 37 in John chapter one. When John's two disciples heard that this was the Lamb of God, they did what? The Bible says they followed Jesus, which is what we're asking you to do and what we're hoping to model and walk with you in, as we follow Jesus together, we're following Jesus and responding to that invitation to see him as the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We find that Jesus in the same way, turned around and asked them a strange question. What did he say? He said, what do you want? Now, Jesus knew what they wanted, didn't he? What did they want? They wanted to know the Lamb of God who gave them hope to take away their sin. But he wanted to engage in conversation with them so that they would understand exactly what was going on and the nature of the invitational way that he was going to be sharing the grace of God. The Bible says that they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And then Jesus responds, come and see. See, Jesus is automatically showing them something of the kingdom of God when they're curious to follow and to answer that invitation that had been given to him, to see him as the one who would take away their sin. There's always something more to see. The disciples of Jesus are always going to see something more. There's always going to be more to experience with Jesus. And the Bible shows and demonstrates that lots of people would show up in crowds to see Jesus, mainly because he was performing miracles. He was doing things that defied physical nature. He was healing people. He was multiplying loaves of bread and fish to feed crowds of thousands. He was fulfilling prophecies. He was telling people things about themselves that he couldn't have known had he been a mere person, just a mere mortal. And so people heard about these miracles and would come and follow him in crowds. So what you find is you find Jesus demonstrating himself whenever, whenever people are gathered together, seeking him and seeking hope in him, you find Jesus showing up and you find Jesus demonstrating to them that their sins are forgiven and that the grace of God is there for them. Now, at Trinity, as a church in in four sites, we believe very strongly that there should be ways for people to experience the grace and the glory of God without necessarily coming to church first. We believe that there should be ways for people to experience the grace and the love of God in a demonstrative way that means something to their immediate life in a way that's very open and very public. Uh, we call this as a function of our discipleship path. We call this entering into on-ramps. Now, if you've seen the discipleship pathway before, you know that this is the way Trinity believes a person fully develops as a devoted disciple of Jesus who does what? Makes more disciples. That's the definition of a biblical disciple, one who makes disciples more disciples and replicates himself or herself. These on-ramps are a way for the average person who doesn't have experience with the gospel, who doesn't have experience with church, to interact with the basic message of God that you are accepted and loved through Jesus. one of our favorite ways to do this over the past year, a couple of us in the room are gonna recognize this event, was through uh, what we call the Chinese New Year party out at the Early Childhood Center in Naperville, where we experienced Chinese culture firsthand thanks to the expertise of some ladies who helped get together and plan a glorious party. Now, my friend Echo over here is not expecting me to call her out, she's waving. She was one of the masterminds behind this beautiful party. And I gotta tell you, Echo, I think we probably saw about 250 people that day. Would you say that might be close? something like that, hundreds of people. And her husband, Chauwei, was there. He was there as well. There were hundreds of people there that day. And our goal was, in that setting, was not to preach the gospel outright. It was not to tell people, Jesus died for you on the cross and then rose again from the grave. Why? Because we had not qualified ourselves in the minds of anyone there yet. What our objective was, was simply to show people what it means to belong what it means to be appreciated what it means to be accepted that basic human concept flies counterculture to every counterculturally to everything that you're going to experience in your culture these days which says that you have to earn your way into the good graces of others what this party literally did was it simply just said to about 250 people you are cared for you are appreciated and you were accepted in a way that would culturally mean something intimate to them. And we had some amazing people planning that event, people who knew way more about Chinese culture than Pastor Mike, people who were experts in the culture, who had grown up in the culture. They did the planning and the execution of setting up the party, and it was a great success. And in fact, as we do that party again in February of 2019, we're expecting so many more people to come that we're gonna have to find a different venue. That's our agenda item number one when we start to meet and plan. But what we demonstrated quite pointedly is something that Vendetta brought up when she did her introduction. This idea from Psalm 34, by the way, she and I did not coordinate this whatsoever. I planned this about four days ago and then we didn't even talk about it. So the Holy Spirit's moving and I feel chills down my spine just even talking about this. The idea that God calls us to taste and see that he is good. And it says, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So what we're doing with these on-ramps is we're literally providing a form of refuge. We're providing a place where people can come and experience what it's like to be in the presence of a God who loves them. Even if we're not overtly preaching the message that Jesus has brought into the world. Jesus demonstrated this all the time. And in a very public way, John the Baptist was doing a similar thing. But he happened to be in a circumstance where along with inviting all those people into a very public venue, he could, in that moment, point the way at Jesus, who was there with them, and say, behold the Lamb of God. He's here with you. He's right where you are. He's where you live. He's in your midst. He is not set far away where you have to go find him. He is here finding you where you are. Demonstrating that to a large number of people was an intrinsically different message, a very different message than the one they've been used to receiving where you had to go to the temple and be received of God and be acceptable to God and be good enough to God. It was the opposite message. This is why at South Naperville, we have a series of events that we're doing this fall. And of course, Vendetta would also have introduced these to us. I added one graphic to represent the Christmas ornament party, which is on December 15. It's a little early yet, but in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna be talking about that party as well. This is the reason why South Naperville has these very public facing events through the year. It is simply to demonstrate that Jesus has come and that he accepts us and that he loves us exactly the way we are and that he calls us to what? Not to work for who we are in God's sight, but to receive who we are in God's sight. Beloved, perfect and holy. Not because of what we do, but because of what has been done for us. Jesus calls his followers to share the hope we can only find in him. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And the way he demonstrates this is by bringing his way, his truth, and his life into the midst of where we already are that's at a Chinese New Year party, that's at a Christmas ornament party, it's at a family dance, it's on Halloween night, it's on uh, any given night of the week where we are willing to entertain or engage someone else in the name of Jesus, to have coffee or a meal, to get together and play a game, to simply demonstrate that someone has access to us and has access to God as well. This is the life of come and see. This is what it means to invite. So maybe you grew up in the faith, if you're a Christ follower for a long time, maybe you grew up in the faith with a different idea of inviting folks. Maybe you felt like the only real way to bring someone into God's kingdom was to invite them to church. Now there's nothing wrong with inviting your friends to church. That's awesome. If you invite your friends to come here, they will experience a church that has no back row. Why? Because halfway through the morning, we turn, mess up the chairs, and we talk with each other about what God is doing in our lives. We share and engage with each other and practice the skill of engaging with each other in conversation. Why do we do that? So that when we leave here, both in small group and outside of small group, we can practice that skill As a lifelong skill. Having conversation with others. About what God is doing in our lives. And what we see him doing in the lives of other people. That's why we do it. What we're doing. Is we're literally creating the opportunity. For people to come and see. What it is God has done in our lives. Both as a congregation of people. Who have small groups that meet during the week. Yes. But also as people who are individually connected with God through Jesus. People who have had their lives changed by Jesus. People whose family life has changed because of Jesus. People who have new family members who are not blood relatives because of Jesus. People whose priorities and schedules have changed because Jesus has invaded them and started to mess with them. People whose objectives in life and goals in life have changed because Jesus has altered them toward his kingdom. People who need hope and need to hear that God loves them and has accepted them as they are because of Jesus. I love the, uh, the lyrics of a song we're getting ready to sing together in response. And I changed the words just a little bit. I didn't put y'all in this week, but I changed the words just a little bit to kind of reflect who we are. I'll just read this to you so that when you sing the song in a few minutes in the singular, in the first person, hopefully this will resonate. I love these words, not because of who we are, but because of what he's done. Not because of what we've done, but because of who he is. That is why we invite people to come and see. So here's a question for you. Do you see the power of come and see working in your life? Do you see the power of come and see in your everyday life? If you've reached a point in the growth of your faith where you've plateaued and you're looking for next steps, where your faith has become kind of humdrum, predictable, day by day the same, chances are it's because God is calling you on this day to begin to invite, to begin to engage, to entertain, to begin to create space in your schedule, to host someone else in a different way, in a new way, in a way that pragmatically demonstrates how much God loves them. And maybe it's not something new that you need to do. Maybe it's just simply a new attitude toward what you're already doing. For example, if you are hospitable and you like to have people over to your house for a meal, maybe begin seeing those opportunities for a meal together as a come and see event. Maybe begin to see the opportunities that you have getting together with other people as come and see opportunities. Maybe those are opportunities to begin building relationships with people so that at some point in the future, an issue opens up in conversation that you can literally answer with, come and see, come and taste that the Lord is good. If there's something happening in that person's life and they have no answer for it or the answer they have for it is not enough, then God will have created that opportunity in your social gathering to be able to say, come and see, come and see what God has done in my life. Come and see what God has done in the lives of people who I meet with regularly in small group like family. Come and see what God has done for our church, for our fellowship. Come and see how he is active in each one of our lives and how you don't have to be something other than what you are right now to be acceptable and to be loved by God. Because Jesus took care of that. Come and see this Jesus. We are literally called into the same pattern of life as John the Baptist Who, as has been said, could have by default allowed people to see him as a miracle worker. But instead he deflected and said, come and see the Lamb of God. There he is. The one who takes away the sin of the world. And by default, the one who walks in our midst. The one who lives right here with me. At with you. Come and see him. So be thinking about that this week. Think about where it is in your social life God intends to work a miracle. Where it is in your relationships with your neighbors, your coworkers, other family members, where God intends to bring healing and to bring peace and to bring hope for the first time. Examine your whole life and look for opportunities for come and see moments because God has called you out of the crowd for that reason. Do you remember when you were in the crowd and you were seeing God from afar and then God got a hold of your heart and changed your life? Do you remember that when that happened? There are untold numbers of people around us who need that touch from God. And it can and will only come to them through you and through who you are. Think about that this week and then take action. Set those dinners up, set those parties up, set those coffees up, go get a beer. Do whatever it is that you want to do socially as a come and see event and you will see God at work in you you bow your heads and pray with me dear jesus thank you so much for being here with us and creating a come and see culture in us thank you for showing us how we can interact with the culture around us how we can be there with belonging before believing how belonging can lead in such a way that people see hope they see hope in you they see power in you through us just like john the baptist god we ask that you inspire us in the moment give us the wisdom and the words to speak in the moment so that someone else would catch a glimmer of the grace and the glory of god at work so they would see that and hear that through us god we confess before you that sometimes we let our faith life simply go stagnant we simply let it uh just kind of relax and become comfortable. In these moments, we know God, that you are calling us again out of the crowd. We know that you are sharing the good news of Jesus through us and that you are calling us to a new action, the action to entertain, to be hospitable, to open up because any given moment along the way could be come and see. Come and see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and walks among us. So we give these opportunities to you. We give the parties to you. We give uh, the gatherings to you. We give the small groups to you. And we ask that you take them and use them so that we may know who you are and what you've done. In your name we pray and together we say amen and amen.